Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. We got Nathan, Micah, and Andy. How are we doing, boys? You're getting worse at this. Uh, he's getting, yeah, getting <laughs> yeah. very nonchalant here. Also, can I can I make one observation? And I'm not saying it's because you were actually bored, but I bet you yawned during our show 412 times. It's 9 o'clock at night, dude. That's what time I yawn. Sorry. <laughs> Every time I looked at the screen, Micah... <gasps> Ooh. Dude, once I start yawning, I just can't just stop. Just don't stop. And I couldn't even touch our, our – this is one of those nights you annoyed me while we were um, recording because, like, I couldn't even get on the uh, the desk because Mike has got that restless leg thing, and the desk is just sitting there going, bounce, bounce, bounce. I can't help it, dude. Sorry. Uh, yes, you can. Just stop. No, I can't. I, I literally can't. <laughs> so It's a syndrome. You got more than one syndrome, that's for sure. I do. I got a few. <laughs> Got a few issues. <laughs> Take you back to the shop. <laughs> yeah. Need a tune up. So, uh. You two done yet? Yeah. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, our show today is about turkey hunting. Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about coyote hunting first. Because why the hell not? We like it. Because we don't do it enough already. <laughs> we, uh, we did do a new kind of coyote hunting for us last week. Yeah, we had a lot yeah. of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I uh hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. I'm down. We uh we took we went and got together with the Missouri Disabled Sportsmen's and me, Andy, we took a guy out also with Pete uh who's the what what's his title? Director. Director. Chairman of the board. Yeah, chairman Whatever of the board. We were able He's to He's important the yeah, man. We were able to go out there and uh do some coyote hunting and uh they had these cool track chairs and dude th- those things were badass. The there was nothing, and it rained all day Thursday. I, if I had to guess, we at least got an inch of rain, yeah. but everything was, it was mud. It was just swampy, and not only and was mud. it swampy, we were already in an area that they, I mean, it's a duck hunting area, Yeah. so it was wet in general. Mm-hmm. A lot of farms flood intentionally, Yep. Um, and they're taking the water off now because duck season's over, but it's still pretty soupy out, and those chairs, places side-by-sides wouldn't go. Yep. Right. They, you know, I was getting my legs were getting tired walking through mud, and this that those chairs are just cruising just right along. After it. Yeah. So uh, also shout out to Jesse and um, Jesse and Harley. Uh, Harley with Explicit Outdoors and Brandon Scarborough and oh man, I forgot his Matt buddy's name. Shit. Sorry, man. Uh, they came too and took two of the other hunters, Matt Tidmore. And yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yep. Matt yep. And uh, despite what Micah said, I was there in the afternoon. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say Nate. Nate joined us. He did. He did. We went out a little bit that night. He was night. balancing some kids' stuff. Yeah, we went out a little bit Friday night, just right there at the lodge. Didn't have any luck. Uh, got to show the guys some bobcats, though. We did get some. Oh, that bobcats. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. they were sixty yards away from us, so that was pretty neat. 
the next day we went out and it was it was really hard hunting it's just I that think time, it's that time of year. The weather was actually pretty nice. It was yeah, 60 something degrees. degrees. It got hot. Not honestly. an ideal coyote hunting weather. Right. Uh, we did get on some dogs. We just couldn't make it happen. So, you yeah. know, we, ha- we had Which, them in front that's, of us. That happened when I wasn't with you guys. Right. right. Um, yeah, we, we called but so you guys sure. took out Josh. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what's up, Josh? We enjoyed uh, spending time with you. Blast, Andy man. and Mike, yeah. obviously, spent more with you. Uh, Johnny and Eric. Where the other two guys, uh, Johnny went with um, Scarborough, and Brandon, and, and Matt, and, Matt, and more, yeah. Eric yeah. went with the explicit uh, guys. Yeah, Justin, yep. Justin and Harley. we also actually had a little fella named Will. Yeah, yeah Will got to, to join so, us Friday. Yeah, Will got to do a uh, a little bit of thermal hunting, and his Kinda dad, f- and I never got his dad's name. Um, you know what? I never did either. I don't think I did, but. I, I enjoyed, I visited with him Friday night for quite a while, just on different things, trapping and mountain lions. and Yep. He uh, quite the experience. Me and his dad uh, got to talk yeah. quite a while about uh, what he used to do for a living, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 he's, he's a cop, police yeah. officer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, and then got to take Will, you know, a little bit of thermal hunt. Got to show him some stuff. I really thought we were gonna, because I, I got you guys kind of took care of. Uh, Eric was the other guy that went down with us, right? Yep. Yep. You guys, you and Jesse. And Micah kind of. Well, I was pretty much just scanning. We're over with him, and then right. me and uh, Will's dad. Micah were was trying with to keep Will. an eye on the coyotes we had spotted, and you know, you know, Jesse, and you know, since it was my scope, I was kind of familiar with it, so I was trying to help Eric get set up. Jesse right. was helping us get you know maneuvered and everything, and uh, we and I, almost, yeah. almost made it happen. But it was our first time around those chairs. We had no idea how loud they were, and not only you're thinking about de- you know dead of. Night. night and we're rolling down a gravel road rocks popping different things right. moon was bright as and there was be. what one moon's two, bright three yeah. four five six seven of us out there <laughs> yeah seven dudes uh, going down a road because i can remember happy. talking to will and just being like hey listen safety's right here yep there's one in the chamber ready to go it's not gonna kick you know just slowly it's a light trigger i was t- going through everything with him i'm like can you move this way yep because uh, the coyote actually ended up, well, what we thought was the coyote, ended up being further to the right. And so yeah. he was having a hard time, like, swinging that way. And but They got to see bobcats. I that mean, was pretty damn that nifty. In itself is 60 yards. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, but anyway, I wanted to, you know, we wanted to give a shout-out to Josh, Johnny, Eric, and Will um, for, you know, letting us take them hunting. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully next year we can get some killed. Um, I'm hoping there's a next year. We didn't get him killed, but you know, like I said, earlier that day, Mike and I got him called in. We actually called in three on one set. Yeah, uh, we didn't know there was three. We, we called kind of like we call two it a triple. One. We called it a triple, but it was a two it was, plus one. It was a double and one. And actually, Pete had the single at eighty yards. It was squeezing the trigger when he heard us say, "There's two. Well, we were talking about two different coyotes completely. So he backed off, you know, thinking that we were going to get a shot at this double. And uh, specifically, Josh, we, we did you know, right, like, right, yeah. and we did get a shot, but it wasn't, you know, it, it was a poke. It was three hundred yards. Right, um, it was two fifty. Well, okay, <laughs> that might have been part of <laughs> that the might problem. Have been the issue <laughs> was <laughs> we thought it was three hundred, but it ended I, uh, up being two fifty. I took two ranges. One was two fifty five. One was three hundred. I went with a three hundred, and it was two fifty five. So I hit the tree behind it. Apparently, yep. so nice. But it was a it was a fun time. My bad. We got to Friday night. We went down. Got to have dinner with the guys. Kind of. Get to know everybody. Um, we, like I said, then that's when we went out a little bit Friday night. And thank you to Duckhorn Lodge for putting yes, us in. Yes. Man, I mean, that 
that outfit is just awesome. They were the actual owner, uh, uh, Fry. He was there, and he was just nothing but accommodating. He was oh, just it was a phenomenal. Yeah, great person, and if they have want, a great organization. If you want to look them up, it is I believe on like Facebook. It is Duckhorn Adventures at Duckhorn Lodge. Yeah, I believe is the, is the official name. If you yeah. want to search, they for do them. a lot of great things, man. They, they do, do a lot of stuff with Movets Outdoors and vet organizations. Um, women, children, women, different yeah. like type. Of, they're they're really for people who don't have the opportunity or resources to do those types of things every day. A lot of waterfowl hunting. I said specifically yep. duck and bird hunting, but I mean they they want people outdoors that don't have the opportunity to get there. Yeah, uh, that often. They were awesome. They uh they opened up their doors to us, um Bob and uh Dan Dan Dan. Dan. Yep, we're down there Friday, and then Dan was there all day Saturday. Dawn. Don, that's Don. right, Don Dis- Disbro. Don Disbro, yes. I think so. Um, I'm glad you said that. Sorry. Uh, I suck at names, but once I get them, I get them. But um, he was down there all day Saturday, too, and we really appreciated. it. We asked if we could help before we left Saturday. Nope, you guys, I mean, he, you know, they were really awesome. Yep. And then also thank you to Pete. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, organizing a lot of this. Kind of so, it. Yeah. Being, you know, the head of MDS or whatever you want to call it and allowing us to uh, be a part of it. We yeah. got him hooked on it, actually. Yeah. It, <laughs> as soon as, this, soon as we got up. <laughs> like, because, you know, he was, he's never been coyote hunting before, and he was just like, I don't, I don't know about this. And then yeah. as soon as he had that dog, as soon as we stood up, he's like, I get it, boys. I get yeah. it. I'm hooked. He's like, all right, I get it. I'm hooked, dude. My heart was just pumping, man. And, I mean, that's what it's about. That's what it right. was about for, you know, for Josh, for Johnny. I mean, and – and Eric, I mean, it's trying to get them that feeling, that experience that sometimes we can take for granted because we re- repeat it over and over, you know. Right. That's why we go coyote hunting. They don't get that opportunity every time just because, you know, for that yeah. organization, their mobility keeps them from doing it. We solved that problem with them chairs and got and after the, And those dudes are just badasses, man. Like, oh. you, you – and I'm not trying to have a pity party for them because they don't have a pity party for themselves. But you take for granted, like, what you can do. Yeah. You know, and – those dudes don't get to walk anymore, and it didn't stop them from going cow hunting with us, you know, no. and they were able to get to go, and um, I never heard no complaining, you know. I mean, and I think even, like, if something was wrong, they have a hard time admitting it. They're like, well, yeah, I do need a, a second or something, you know. It's just – We didn't – I mean – We just got after it. We, you guys hunted hard. We hunted hard. We, like, going into it, we only thought – we were like, if we get four sets in today – that's what we're, we're going to be good. Be good. We ended up getting six, right? Well, was we got th- th- we got three with me. So I got back and we did seven. seven. So we did seven Dude, sets. Yeah. So we already did more than what we were thought we were going to do. Josh was game we for took, it, man. He was yeah, ready to go. We took an after like we took we went and ate lunch, and he's like, "Hey, I'd like to go lay down for a little bit, you know, stretch out, you know, do all that." And we did. And I was sitting on the recline or sitting there on the recline, kind of doing the same. And I, his alarm goes off, and he's like, "All right, let's go." Okay, here we go. Back yeah. after it. So yeah, because when I joined up back up with you guys, I did three. Yeah, yeah, with you guys. So yeah, that I mean that was that was great, and I think uh, the other guys got a lot of sets in too. Yeah. So, anyways, wanted to shout everybody out. That was a great experience. We hope to do more like that uh, with them. Uh, let's okay. get into some turkeys. Let's get into some turkeys, and first we got to pay them bills. Um. Who do you want to start with first? Uh, let's start with Onyx because we used the shit out of that. Dude, this if it weekend. wasn't for Onyx, we would have we would have struggled. <laughs> yeah, uh, been, last oh, weekend. we would have been screwed. Because um, we were in unfamiliar territory, no idea, like never been down there. We said, "Hey, boys, you got permission on these farms right here." 
you know, and you know, if you he and honestly, when I say right here, he was like that. Far, he was pointing that farm that over way. there, that farm over there. If you go down this road, take a right. right. I said, hang on, pulled up Onyx. What's the name? Yeah. Yep. And then you start looking at okay, there's this fence line and that fence line. Where can I set? Where can I go? High points, low points. Without Onyx, it we would have been screwed. Well, a lot harder. Would yeah. not have been able to do what we did. So download the Onyx Hunt app in your app store today. Use the code MWW20 for 20% off uh, on their website, Onyx. Is it onyxhunt.com? Onyx I don't I think even know on off the top of my head. Just Anyways, Google it. You'll yeah. find it. Yeah. Camo Fire, rotating doors of deals. You can get anything you need. Could use some stuff uh, uh, at the hunt, actually. What? Uh, Brandon actually gave the guys some drags. Yeah. That he, he either made or, or had. I don't know yeah, exactly. I was going to ask him about it, and I forgot. But uh, they've got stuff like that on Camel Fire. Yes, All the time. Do. All they the time. a little bit of everything. Just check. See how I tie that in. different every day. Good, good, good work. Good work. Yeah. Nice. And also, Black Ovis. Use the code MWW10 for 10% off there. So. With turkey hunting coming up, boots, big deal there. Decoys. Decoys. Ooh, they got all decoys. kinds of freaking decoys. Do they, do, do they have any calls there? I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they I'm do. Sure they I do. haven't looked. But uh, check out Black Ovis, any of your uh, hunting equipment needs. Go shopping. Gear. Spend some money. That's right. F it. Them, them tax right. refunds back in now. See, that's <laughs> that's a – I should talk to their marketing people and be like, I have a new marketing slogan for you. F it. Spend the money. <laughs> F it. Spend the money. Just okay. saying. Nice. Work. Lucky Buck Mineral. We actually did a walk through the other day at one of my properties with uh, Dustin Williams, and looked Sneak at peek. Our, yeah, looked at our my mineral sites, and I definitely need to get some more mineral. Me too. Fresh. Um, it's yeah. about time. Mineral about, at uh, your place where I hunt. Yeah, there's a hole in the ground now. Good, good. They I mean, pick it up. You know, rule of thumb: put that bucket on top of your lawnmower when it's time to mow the yard. Dump out your first bucket of Lucky Buck. Yeah, good. Or a good half rule bucket, of thumb. actually. I think right. I'm gonna go start with a half. I don't remember, but you know where it is on the bucket. It's on the bucket. I'm pretty sure it's bucket bucket, and then you start taking half off. later. Yeah, because like right now is like the peak. You want them to feed. Yeah, yeah, you want them to have as much possible right now. But yeah, but they've got a nutrition that. guide on the bucket yeah. that it yeah, comes it, with that tells you. you the plan. It, there's yeah. a plan and a reason. He didn't just make some mineral. Hey, dump this out every so often. There's there's a method behind the madness for this stuff to work. It's a guarantee makes a man feel good. <laughs> I could take a shit in a box and mark it guaranteed. They, they technically do have a guarantee. <laughs> yes, they do. The the, I was doing Tommy yeah. Boy thing. But uh, it was, you, were, yeah. you ruined yeah. it. Sounds stupid. Uh, check them out, luckybuckmineral.com. Yep. Wait a minute. Have you not ever seen Tommy Boy? No, I said you sound stupid. Okay, that's... River Re- you're the, River's Edge You're the one with stands. the candy shell. Use the code Missouri10 for 10% and free shipping on hang-ons and ladder stands. That was another thing we did, uh, Dustin. So I've already got a few trees picked out that I'm going to put some stands in. There you so go. So yeah. pretty excited about that. Midwest Gunworks, um, use the code WOODSWATER for 5% off uh, anything there. Uh, Midwest Gunworks, man, you can just pretty much about find anything there. Mm-hmm. I'm really close to building another six, six arc. Just for your daytime? I've really, I've really enjoyed that gun. And... Uh, I believe they're starting to get parts in to build the uh, custom rifles, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Anyways, they got all your gun needs. Save yep. yourself 5%, even mm-hmm. on ammo. After you build that gun. I know where you're going. Yeah. I was going to do the same thing. Go ahead and top it off with one of the math on optics. You're dang right. There was probably, let's see, 
<laughs> well, they us. everybody. Every single rifle out there, I think, except had, for one. I think, I think every rifle one besides one had, had a, a Athlon optics at the hunt this weekend, and none of us, like, we're all separate entities, organizations, right. whatever you call it about. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Josh Athlon sponsored Josh to go to a three gun competition. Yeah, because. Yeah, and he didn't even know him. He had no idea who Athlon was. He put in for it, but they paid Josh's way paid to do this disabled three-gun. Yeah. the hotel, everything for him to go down to a three-gun shoot. Oh, so shit. that's pretty so sweet, man. Not pretty only awesome. do they have great stuff, they're a great company. They care about their people. Yep. Um, From the Kansas City area. Yep. So check them out, athlonoptics.com. And if you need to find a dealer, reach out to us. We can find a, a bunch of different dealers. But just so happens, Jesse with Explicit Outdoors is one of their dealers. So you can also, you know, reach out to Explicit. And, give Jesse a shout. Yeah, give him a shout. And uh, Cuddy Back got their L cameras in. Oh, snap. Is it the L camera? I, I think can't it remember. Is. But check them out. So check them out, CuddyBackDigital.com. Uh, our code is probably no good anymore, and we're working with them to try to figure out if there's going to be another one. But uh, that's the sponsors for today. All right. Let's talk turkey. Let's talk turkey. I can't do it like Wilbur. Nope, you can't. <laughs> this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we've got some uh, some jokers that we've been doing some stuff with the last couple months. Honestly, uh, Paul Campbell and Andrew Months with the O2 Podcast. What's up, boys? Gentlemen, thanks for letting us come back on again. Appreciate your uh, appreciate your hospitality. You should I, I you sure should we feel blessed. Here. But, I yeah. do. I do feel blessed. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we took a vote on it, and it was two to three. Uh, you know, Nate voted no, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> Fair enough. At least we know where we stand, right? <laughs> Nate voted no, but was the one was like, I'll text Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have yeah. his number. We need you to get that contact up, bro. <laughs> uh, I got Andrew's stuff. number. I don't know if I got Paul's number. No, we got to get it, man. Share it. Share it with the world. So, not necessarily the world, but at least you two guys. <laughs> Got it. Area code. Paul's number is six six zero seven five seven. I just start getting like random texts in the middle of the night. That would happen. Uh, he likes butthole so pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew uh, smiled really big whenever you said that. So I think I know who actually likes those. Have you seen? There's there's a meme. No, uh, I haven't. Rolling. There's a meme rolling around the internet. I'm gonna keep going here. I'm gonna pretend that didn't happen, but it's this it's this guy at Mardi Gras holding up a sign and it says, Show me your butthole. <laughs> yeah. And there's then there's a there's a guy and the girl like on the on the ground and they're looking at it. And this dude's got these giant beads, right? And so the next video is the dude wearing those giant beads because he showed him what even the hot chick that did so that's great uh we should walk around ata next year with signs that says show me your butthole and see how, see how far we can get that, so. quakula quakula paul right is that quakula the turkey butthole turkey butthole andrew yeah. andrew's first andrew's first specific andrew's first words on our show this this time was quakula basically butthole it's <laughs> the first thing he said Spanish or butthole. <laughs> I did not think we would start the show off this way, but you never know uh, when the two of us get together. 
There's we five of us. There's six <laughs> listeners. The two of these shows lost all get together. Seven okay. people. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it interesting. You know. Yeah. So we were. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell the story. And and uh, if you were sensitive to foul language, just hit the skip button on your app. Thirty seconds. I'll keep it short. Right. So we're walking into a half rack event in Wisconsin last year. Right. We've never met any of these people. So we're doing like a live podcast with some people. There's like it's like a fundraising event. We walk in. There's probably like 15 people standing here. A bunch of women, some guys. We have no idea who, who these people are. Muntz walks in first, and the first words out of his mouth were, "We're here for the gangbang." <laughs> <laughs> I like. I just stopped. I'm like, "Oh God, man! Like this is these are either our people and they're gonna love it, or they're gonna kick us out." And it was like everyone started laughing all at once. And I'm just like. Thank oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> like, it was an what? awesome event. Let me just say it, it was, man. But that was the that was the entrance to all of these people. We knew one person out of all of the people that were standing there. And no, it was I was just friends that night. Yep. Yeah. Might oh, as well man. just get the it's... awkwardness out of the way, man. Just roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just see how you know we're gonna we're gonna set the tone for the night. Uh and, and it was it was great, man. That, that's, <laughs> that's just how it how he goes. I love it. Well, speaking so. of talking, we decided to have you boys on. Uh, because we've we've noticed a trend, okay? We've noticed a trend. Whether it's your guys' show or when we're with you guys or we've talked to you guys, Paul won't shut the hell up about turkeys. No. In fact, in fact, you could be talking about anything, literally anything in the world. And, Paul, what what will you make sure it happens? I'm going to circle back somehow to, to, to wild turkeys. Somehow. It's really an amazing, it's an amazing talent you have. Well, thank you. Some people <laughs> call call it obnoxious, uh, and and in months it cracks me up because you know we'll be talking about like moose hunting or elk hunting or some shit like that with with a guest, and I'll be like, oh yeah, th- this one time I was turkey hunting in Arkansas, and he'll be like, oh god, here we go, and he'll just like <laughs> say it out loud, and there's this like audible just like. Ugh. <laughs> so when we were driving out, it was. I think we were going to St. Louis that day after ATA or before ATA, and it's it's birds in general, like Paul's bird, yeah. bird, and we're driving down the road, 75 miles an hour down 70 or whatever, and he's like, oh my God, and I'm like, what? Like, thinking there's a semi about to hit us or something? Nope, he's like watching the birds that are, you know, the flocks of geese. Look at all those snow geese. I've never seen so many. Oh my God, they're everywhere. And he's like halfway out the window just like screaming, and I, I'm just, I'm trying to record it, and it's, you just, you, it's you true. can't. His passion is un, un unmatched. So, well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an issue uh, at some points. But this is my time to be relevant. This is the time that everyone wants to, well, at least everyone wants to talk about wild turkeys. So, uh, it's a good it's a good run for me from now until about June because I can I can talk about it and not feel like an idiot. This so. is your time to shine. I just yeah, I keep thinking the longest yard. Shine, this is Brucey's time to shine. This is Brucey's time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> time man it's it this is this is it so i uh i i take advantage of it you know when it's socially acceptable to talk about wild turkey hunting uh and i really ramp it up well now's that time isn't it and that's that's why we thought it'd be good to have you on you know we uh we the three of us are i'd say below average turkey hunters for sure and um have a lot to learn when it comes to that that game and it's a game that you know we just haven't haven't played much you know for whatever reason i mean part of that is honestly the habitat that we hunt we haven't had that many opportunities over the past let's say five years ish it's gotten better actually the last year or two to be honest with you as far as turkeys being around where we're at 
Um, we had a rough hatch a few years ago, I think. Yeah. And it was kind of numbers were down, but I think you know yeah. it's slowly coming back. Yeah, it 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 is. But uh, so that's part of it is we just where we are the properties we hunt really don't have them, but we're starting to see that a little more. But well, I'm not gonna lie to you that part of Missouri, we I mean we're in a very row crop heavy yeah. area, and it is like war on trees, which equates to like war on turkey yeah. habitat. And people wonder, well, I don't know why we don't see turkey like we used to. Well, uh, yeah, Jethro, you ripped out about fifty acres of their uh, prime habitat there, bud. Yeah, yeah, that and that's that's a real that's a real issue across the country. And it's funny because people people will get angry about it, and they say, well, you know, we don't have the turkeys like we used to twenty years ago, 25, 30 years ago, whatever the number may be. And then you look at that the habitat loss or the lack of habitat, uh, you know, maintenance. Uh, and, and putting the conservation efforts uh, in on your personal property or, or state land, whatever it may be. And then the turkeys go somewhere else. Right. I mean, they're just looking for a better home. It's like if I went through and ripped your roof off every two years, you're going to, you're going to move, you're going to move to a different home that has a roof. Yep. And so that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's, it sucks because uh, a lot of for a lot of people, wild turkeys are are, are it's a very personal issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for for humans, it's it's hard to say, uh, you know, to point the finger on us, you know, back at yourself. Like, why well, I I didn't do this or I did this. I I I helped destroy my habitat on my farm or my property or, or whatever it is. So it it is um it's a very personal issue and it's it's a very uh, there's there's a lot of nuance to that conversation about yeah. you know the impact positive and negative that, that right. humans have on monetary populations uh across the country so well i would say no know, I heard... habitat but there's a lot le- there's less coon hunters now in our area at least than what used to be say 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. um there's a plethora of of raccoons i will tell you that and uh, i think we all know that that's a big uh you know big nest predator. big hatch big, uh, you know nest predator for them so yeah yeah. So Paul, Paul and I talk about this a lot because it's it's one of those things that I think in life everybody wants that silver bullet. They want everything to be black and white, but it's super gray, right? Mm-hmm. And the habitat is is one thing. Andy, I know you're big in the farming world. My job involves a lot of things, you know, with pesticides and things like that. So I like to go after pesticides, um, you know, the nest predators, whatever it'll be. But I think that we have to collectively agree that it's never, well, maybe not never, but Oftentimes, it is not just one thing. Oh, it's It's agglomeration. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you on the raccoons. Like, in my backyard, I got a pile of corn sitting out there. Every night, I got 30 raccoons out there. I'm never going to have turkeys right. until I take care of that problem. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we have to be, you know, conscious of the habitat. But, I mean, up in Pennsylvania and stuff, they've, they've got tons and tons of, of big woods and stuff, but their populations have declined. There's no agriculture, you know. I don't – what could, could be up there? Is it a bad hatch? There's just so much there. So – um, we could talk. I'm sure for hours. About that. <laughs> no, definitely, kinda... definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marcus, Marcus Lashley, and and Will Goldsby. They're two wild turkey professors out of uh, one. One's out of the University of Florida, and I believe the other one's out of uh, Auburn or Alabama somewhere. I'm not. I'm not sure, but they did. They did a trail camp study on on corn feeders in the southeast, and it, if I remember right, I think it was 82 percent of the animals that that frequented these feeders were raccoons. And so when, when you look at like the habitat destruction and, and just uh, the lack of care and maintenance on, on good quality nesting habitat and brood habitat for turkeys, you add in like, so, so we don't do that. We've made raccoons more efficient at killing 
nests and killing poults because there isn't the the habitat for them to 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 nest in successfully and hide from those animals and there isn't the habitat for those those little baby poults the baby turkeys to hide from those from those raccoons uh yeah because they can't fly for the first like two or three weeks of their life so they're on the ground Mm -hmm. uh and so so we've we've basically like supercharged the raccoons ability to kill uh with with you know with feeders and with um you know, getting rid of the, that edge feathering, you know, that, that we that we hear. So we've got those hardline transitions, especially in ag country. It's it's hardwoods, and then cornfield or beanfield, yeah, cut yeah. beanfield, whatever it is. And so there's not that there's not that little that little area for for turkeys to hide in. So, and that's just more of that human human impact that that, that we have. Uh, that's hard to stomach for a lot of people because it's yeah. We well, in in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. Like yeah. farming has gotten much more um, efficient than it yeah, was sure. 50 years ago tree line to tree line every bit you, of it yeah. right you can you can get into nooks and crannies now that you couldn't get into before you can whatever it's gotten much more much more efficient which means just like you said those feathering edges are disappearing in certain certain areas and uh then it's like you said tree line to to field yep. for a turkey wow. not good for a farmer good yeah excellent yeah (laughs) and that's the that's the that's the the delicate balance between agriculture and wildlife you know so we we all know i mean you drive by a field it pretty much any time during after the the harvest and you're gonna see turkeys you're gonna see deer i mean you're gonna see everything that can eat a legume or a a corn they're gonna be out there uh geese whatever whatever it may be so yeah there's there's a a a food benefit to them but then you know the habitat loss it's it's a delicate balance and uh you know Aldo loophole talked about like the 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 fight between he called it industry and 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 nature and so the industry could be agriculture it could be uh like literal like development uh, producing cars or whatever it may be and and how when when one side wins out too much it's not good for the other you know, and as humans, we got to have the industry, we've got to have the money, we've got to have the food that we make and the animals. And so it's just a delicate, it's a delicate balance. Uh, and I think it's, a, I think it's important to just one, acknowledge that and two, you know, do, do the best we can to, to stay within uh, that balance or do the thing. If you care, you do the things that, that, you know, kind of balance out that impact that, that we have on the landscape. So, right. Well, and Paul Campbell obviously cares, Andrew, you're, you're going to come along for the ride here on this one, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is what makes Paul Campbell tick on turkeys. What developed your love for these birds throughout your life? Yeah. So As a child, he was bit by a turkey and then just spiraled. <laughs> I wanted, to, right I wanted to turn it. Yeah, I, I wanted. You know, I thought I was going to be like Spider Man, but like Turkey Man never happened. So, um, no. So, so wolf fat. So, I, I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I didn't start hunting until I was twenty five years old. So, this would have been two thousand and eight. Would have been my first uh, turkey season. And so my my dad had just died. Uh, if, if for for those listening, if you know if you're old enough, you know you you remember the Great Recession, as it was called. The economy was was trash in 2008. So I worked in the golf course industry. I started in 2004 in the golf course industry, and I was just kind of bouncing around because I couldn't keep a job. Golf courses were really struggling. Uh, I was laid off. My dad had just died. I was a complete drunk. Uh, I was a waste. I had no I had no path in life, um, and I was really struggling, man. Quite quite honestly, uh, just on on a personal level, I was a, a you know I, I had a son. I was a young father, single father, and so I had a lot of things going against me, personally, professionally. 
and I was just, I was just in a bad place. And so my, my best friend, uh, Kenny Keaton, we grew up together, known each other since we were five years old, uh, said, Hey man, do you, do you want to go turkey hunting? Wild turkey hunting. And my response is what the hell is a wild turkey? <laughs> I had no idea what they were. I didn't like, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that they won those animals around and two that people like chased them through the woods with shotguns. Like I, I never <laughs> crossed my mind that that was a thing. And so I was like, you know, sure, what the hell, man? I, 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 I had literally nothing else going for me in life. Um, I was like, yeah, man, we'll, we'll do that. So I go, I go to Walmart. I get the cheapest camo that you could get. It was like mossy oak obsession. It was like super thick cotton. Like it didn't move. Like it was just hot. It was like ten dollars a shirt, ten dollars, you know, fifteen dollars for a pair of pants. I borrowed a shotgun. Uh, I bought this little tiny Primo's power crystal. It was like yeah, probably ten bucks or something, and. Um, so set out on, on our, our first wild turkey hunt. And, and both of us, we, we didn't really have any idea of what we were doing. Uh, and, and we can talk about that more. Uh, but the first the first time that I heard a wild turkey gobble, something in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, whatever you want to say, something something clicked. And uh, I, I, you know, when I, when I heard that gobble, I, I've never wanted to see something so bad. I've never wanted to, you know, just put my hands on something so bad. I mean, quite honestly, I've never wanted to kill something so bad until, <laughs> you know, when I, when I heard that turkey gobble, I didn't see a turkey that year. Didn't see it. Didn't even get like close to seeing a turkey. The second year didn't get close. You know, I saw some, had some interactions. Third year, I finally, I finally killed a turkey. And, uh, you know, it, at that moment in my life and, you know, so, so that first spring didn't, didn't even see him. I would go, I would go back to the public land uh, that, that, that I still hunt to this day. And I would just listen. I would listen to the turkeys talking in the morning, you know, communicating with each other. And it was, it was something just about the woods became special to me. It was that reset button. It was something that, that, that it, at the time it gave my life purpose. Right. And, and I think that's why it's, it's very, it's very personal to me. It's very, it's very special to me. Those t that, that time in the woods, whether it be spring or fall. Uh, and then, and then you add in the mix with, with, you know, kind of the communication. And that's why a lot of people really like turkey hunting. You, you get to talk to them. You know, they're talking to you, you're talking to them. It's a battle back and forth, all of that. You know, you wrap it up with like the emotional side and what it did for me on, on that level is why it became so personal to me. And, and it's why at this point in my life, I'm fortunate enough, you know, personally and professionally that I, that I've dedicated a lot of that of, of my time to, to the conservation uh, of the wild turkey and, and just, and, and turkey hunters and, and hunting. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's, that's why it's so important to me because it came into my life. It, it quite honestly, the darkest possible time that, that, that I've been through. This is not the story I thought I was oh, going to yeah. hear. No, that's why I wanted to ask. But, hey, that's, that's cool. Everybody has <laughs> unique stories and that's awesome. Everybody has that, you know, what pulls them in and that's what makes it special. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I, you talked to Dan Johnson, you know, and, and kind of like same thing with him, but with deer hunting, you know, and, I think that that's that's a, a so many people miss the point of of well, the point changes as you get older, right? Or different, you know, and, and and you take for granted the time that that you get in the woods. And right. I've done it, even even just in the limited time that I've been a hunter, I've done that, you know. And it's it's easy to do. So, you know, it's it's definitely um, it's intentional effort to to remember, you know, why you're there and and why you enjoy being in the woods, your friends you know, the pursuit, the challenge, you know, pushing yourself. That's, that's stuff that's important. And I hope that, that, that people never forget. And if you have forgotten it, I hope that you remember. So, so are you, uh, are you actively 
trying to brainwash Andrew into loving it more than he does. Now, Andrew, to be fair, I don't know how much you like or dislike turkey hunting um, prior to your relationship with Paul, but, you know, what what kind of brainwashing goes on from Paul's, from Paul's side? So <clears throat> I didn't have any experience with it, and it was like two years ago. He's like, you want to go out? I'm like, sure. So we went out, and I, you know, if, or, same type. Of, I, I don't know. I heard a couple gobbles and stuff. I still haven't had a whole lot of success in the woods or any success when it comes to that. Um, one thing I did really enjoy was just the idea of being out in the woods during the spring for like, I don't want to say for no reason, but it just gave you a reason to say, hey, I'm piecing out this morning, the Saturday morning to go to the woods, which in the past I didn't really find time for. So in my line of work, like the spring is usually just insane. And so... I, that's probably part of the reason that I never really got into it. I was too focused on on work stuff and, and try to get as much done in the spring so that I can spend more time on, on deer in the fall. But uh, Paul's definitely been a major influence on that. And, you know, with him, I, I heard my first turkey. So um, at the same time, though, I mean, he's a busy man. He's traveling all over. And uh, so we go out as much as we can in the spring. But um he he doesn't he doesn't brainwash me too much. He he always is very encouraging, but I ask him a lot of stupid questions. When he started the the, the How to T- Hunt Turkey podcast, he's like, I just don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, boom 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 boom. Like here's like 15 yeah. topics that I would ask you about because I don't know, um, and and things that would cut co- you know you'd want to cover for somebody that's learning how to hunt turkeys. Yeah, yeah. Brainwashing has definitely been for me on the deer hunting side. That's something that I had, honestly I just like had given up completely just you know i just burnt burn myself out and and i just didn't enjoy it uh and and we started the o2 podcast and hunting together and and man i had my best deer season ever this year enjoyed every second of it so it was cool would you kill yeah, like so there's, there, i don't want to pivot to deer but then you kill like four deer in like five minutes at one point in time this uh, year i killed three three deer in 18 minutes just wanting to eat <laughs> Nobody's coming. <laughs> it was, and for, for those listening, it was a controlled hunt on a wildlife refuge. So it didn't count towards the state total. So like the whole purpose of being there was, was population control. Uh, yeah, man, it was quite the day. Sounds the like day. it. Uh, getting yeah. back into turkeys. How many different states have you been to hunt turkeys? Um, so I've hunted, I've hunted like maybe six or seven states total, um, this year. So, so next week, uh, March 15th, I will be doing my first Florida turkey hunt. So, man, I you talk about, like, excitement, like a child. I mean, I'm as excited as a freaking four-year-old kid in a Batman costume, man. So, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to rip. Your son. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my nephew. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. So, this so this year, I mean, and it might even be more than that. Um, eight, maybe. I, I mean, just this year, I think I've got, like, nine states planned. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good year, man. I'm looking looking forward to it. I've got the chance uh, to take. I've got three s- different species subspecies planned. So I've got Osceola's and then Eastern's, obviously, and then and then a Merriam's hunt planned. Um, so there's within the turkey world, if you get at the four subspecies mm-hmm. that we have: Osceola, Eastern, Merriam's, uh, and the Rio Grande. Uh, so if I get those three, I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to go to the Southwest and try to get a Rio. Oklahoma, Obviously. Texas, nothing. Right. So I can't. My wife's like, "Well, can't you do that next year?" I'm like, "That, that, that it doesn't count. Like, it's not. It doesn't the same, count right? as a grand slam, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I just shuck off as much responsibility as a, as a father uh, and as a person uh, as I can for <laughs> for turkey season. <laughs> and I have to just make it up, you know. So so January to March, you know, into March I'm good, and then June to to December I'm you know the rest of the year I I, I pick it up. But man, I'm a schmuck during turkey season as as much as I hate to say it. So yeah, and I think that's probably why we're not as big as schmucks is because we do the same thing with elk and deer coyotes and now coyotes and so turkey season rolls around and it's like you really are watching your lower jaw when you say can i go turkey hunting just waiting for that fist to just and see i I you know land i pivot from you know pissing off my wife hunting to pissing off your dad to pissing off my dad to where (laughs) i'm supposed to be in a planter sometime you know we're supposed to be playing corn and it's like uh dad will be there like 10 o'clock maybe it depends if they're goblin yeah. or not like yeah. but he honestly he understands he's been cool about it because he's a big turkey hunter. he's he, a big turkey or used to be yeah, yeah. he's kind of you know left it up to me and his other grandkids and um he used to tell stories to me where he would get in trouble mm-hmm. from his dad he should be planting and uh he was out chasing turkeys and everything so uh it, yeah. it's kind of a, a you cool and your dad deal. used to go down south um Every well, I don't know about every year. But I've I've been a couple times. I wouldn't say I go every year. Like my uh-huh. dad used to go every year down southern Missouri. He has a good friend down there, and kind of have turkey camp uh, for a week. And shoot, they would just get after it. Yeah. But. No, that's 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 neat, man. And and you know, I hope that you and your dad make time to, you know, to to to, to get out of the planters as much as you can and, and hunt together. Um, I, I I would freaking go nuts dude if i had to be locked in anything <laughs> during well, the spring I, I i would it would be i mean it would be it would be painful the one and, you know because even good i was just gonna say the one i don't know if it's positive or negative but in the state of missouri you can only hunt till what one o'clock yeah yep yeah in you can spring, only hunt yeah. turkeys till one o'clock oh, maybe in the fall too i'm not yeah. sure but i don't know i know in the spring yeah, yeah give that, that break after 1 p.m apparently yeah and we we're like we're like that in Ohio. The first week you can hunt until noon, and then the rest of the season, uh, you know, it's it's sun up. Well, half hour before, half hour after, um, type deal. So, yeah, man, that break definitely you know it forces you to get out. Because I know in Ohio, like you have to be out of the woods at noon. There's no like hunt until noon, and then a two hour walk back. Like it's you got to be out of the woods huh. at the at the truck by noon. So I'm not gonna lie, I really don't know how Missouri that. is on that. Yeah, I don't know. But you're you're yeah. walking two hours to go turkey hunting. Uh, yes. So I if I if I had to guess if I had to look at like the average miles, I, I'm probably between like seven and nine every time I go out turkey hunting. The most that I've done in one day, and this is like you know like my late twenties. Uh, I'm forty now, so I, I could probably do it. I, I wouldn't be hunting the next day, but I did thirty five miles in one day. That sucked. Just Micah, I don't know. You didn't spend that much time with Paul. The dude doesn't sit still. Like. When you go out in the woods with them, we're like, sit there for like 10 minutes. And I'm just kind of like waiting. Like, maybe you heard something. Paul be like, all right, let's go over that ridge. And then over to that ridge. And just like nonstop yeah. all over the place. Yeah. So the answer to my find question, him, I was going to ask him, what is his favorite? Does he like sitting up decoys and blinds? <laughs> or is he a run no, and gun kind of guy? No, run no, and gunner. no, absolutely not. And I, so I, I had, I got permission to hunt uh, a hundred acre farm here, here in our County a couple of years ago. And, the turkeys would roost on top of the ridge. They would hit the ground and they'd either go like, yeah, it was just so they, they would roost on the neighboring property. And so, I mean, the first couple of times I hunted there, I'm like, I walked the entire property by like seven 30. I'm like, 
what the hell do I do now? Like, so I just stand along the line fence and I try to get them to come across <laughs> the, you know, the, the cornfields or whatever. Um, yeah, I definitely, I like to, I like to run them. I like to run them out, you know, and, and, and find them. And, you know, I don't know, man, everyone's different. That's the one interesting thing about turkey hunting is there's no absolutes. I mean, every, every way works, every way kills turkeys, um, you know, sitting in a blind, setting up decoys, you know, uh, yeah, how, they're, they're, how do everything, you feel everything about, can work. What's that? What's that? Whenever you like actually, reaping? yeah. How do you feel about reaping? Mm-hmm. I've heard- yeah. So that's, that's probably the most controversial topic in, in, in the turkey hunting world uh right now so um i'll kind of set the stage of why of why it's controversial so one uh there's 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 no there's no science behind that first explain what reaping is so that maybe someone listening doesn't know so reaping is the act of taking like a decoy that's got like a full fan either real or fake attached to it um or just like a a fan on a stick and you go into a field and, and you manipulate you move that fan where you move that decoy and it triggers a response from, from the dominant Tom normally uh, it's a, it's a fight. It's a fight action and they will charge you from, I've seen videos where they, they you know, people pull turkeys 300 yards away with, with a, with a Tom or with a, with a decoy. Um, and so normally something that's 300 yards across the field, you're not going to get that Turkey over there. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the issue that, that people have. And there, there's, there's some, there's no research that's that's been done about the effects of reaping on turkey populations. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of uh, theories about it, and so so the way that turkeys uh, they're a lacking species. So what that is 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 they they have you'll see them now. They're fighting it out. They're fighting with each other. They're they're creating a hierarchy within uh, the breeding structure, and so they're very rigid within that breeding structure. And so you'll have these groups. You might have like just in the arbitrary number. You might have ten toms. You have one tom that is the dominant bird, and he is the bird that is going to breed a majority of those hens. Those hens have chosen him. He's fought it out, and so when you, when when you pull that fan out, that tom that dominant tom comes in, and a massive majority of the turkeys that are killed across this country are like two and a half year old turkeys. It's their first year with a long beard. They're fired up. They're full of piss and vinegar. They're gobbling like crazy. They're on freaking fire. They're not necessarily breeding hens at at a high level, right? They're just out there just trying to get their feet wet, man, figure out how to be a big boy. And so those are the ones that we normally kill. The the, the adult toms, the mature birds that are at the top of the food chain or top of the breeding chain, we're most of the time we're not even seeing those birds. I mean, honestly, if you're hunting woods, you're not seeing them. I mean, they're just they're smart, they're tied to those hens. Um, yes, some of them die every year. And so the, the problem with reaping is, is that when, when you take that dominant tom out, and this is the thought, that when you take that dominant tom out, those turkeys have to go back and reestablish that breeding hierarchy, that breeding structure. So when they do that, what you've done is you've taken, uh, you know, during times that, that, that hens should be nesting, you've, you've moved that back a week or two because they've had, they have to go through and kind of start that, start that over. So when the farther that you move the breeding season and the nesting period down, the lower the survival rate is with those turkeys. That's and like I said, that, that's that's the you know the, the, the people that understand turkey biology. That's what they've said. Hmm. There's no research. They're like, well, this is this is what's going to happen. We know how the turkeys operate, but there's no data to to support that. Um, so it's very it's very controversial. And, and and for me, this is this is just me. It is a a, a hard no for me, not because of. 
I think that it's um, you know, like I'm like a, a righteous warrior. If it's legal in your state and you're so inclined to do it, do your research. You make up your own decisions. I'm not going to judge you. Uh, for me, it's a safety concern. So in 2021, there was a 19-year-old kid and his girlfriend were hunting on a family farm in West Virginia. A 76-year-old man trespassed onto their property. This kid was reaping a turkey in a field. This old man shot him with a 243. It killed him right in front oh, of his girlfriend. Shit. Thought he was killing a turkey. Illegally hard, killing, like poaching a turkey. 19-year-old right. kid with a, with a turkey decoy. That's dumb. Your life is not worth a turkey. It's not worth an elk. It's not worth a white-tailed deer. You're not going to dress up in a, in a pelt with, with horns on your head in a bow in your hand and walk through the, the woods during the rut, right? Like that's, that's insane. Or tearing gun season. No one's going to do that just so you can get closer to a buck. Right. You know, so I, for me, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous practice. Um, I, you know, I, I want people to really take that into consideration. Is it effective? Hell yeah. Is it, does it look like fun? It looks like a lot of fun. I'm being honest. You know, these turkeys come flying in their heads, turn freaking white. And they're just like, they're angry, man. They're out to whoop up on you. Yeah. Um, and guys are dropping these decoys sometimes from 10 yards or less. You know, so the adrenaline rush looks freaking awesome to do that. It does. Like, it really does. You know, yeah. and you know, you're not going to get that doing it, you know, and I'll use your air quotes, the traditional way, you know, where you're hiding yourself and you're calling and you're know, using the wood sense. But yeah, for me, it's, 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 it's very much a safety issue. And I would not be sad if it, if it was, if it was outlawed mm-hmm. and, all 49 states just just for that so funny the way you um explained it you know i've never heard it explained in a scientific manner the reaping um what do you call it argument is you know i've 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 heard it one or two ways well it's legal i'll do what i want and then i've heard it the other way was well it's cheating right Right. like those are the two arguments i've really ever really heard and yeah. I've never heard somebody explain it yeah. from like that manner where the bio- biology talk about the, behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the hari- the hierarchy and the, um, you know, obviously yeah. from a safety it, aspect, I didn't realize people have died doing it. Why was the dude using a 243 to hunt turkey? He was poaching illegally. Same, same reason yeah. he was trespassing. <laughs> Cause he don't, yeah. He don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I just I did I did a I did a podcast with some guys from Louisiana on the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, Team Wingbone, and they put out a video just a couple of weeks ago. Last year they were in Montana, they were hunting Merriam's turkeys, they were on a ridge, they had a bunch of toms in a field going crazy gobbling, they had some hens, and the guys were just sitting there letting the the morning work out, letting the process work out, and they look to their left and they see they see a turkey to their left, and the one of them turns to to get positioned to kill us. It's 30 yards from them. It was a dude that had crawled in on his knees and had a, had a, a full turkey decoy with real feathers on it and had crawled in, had heard these turkeys gobbling and had crawled through the woods and had this and had this turkey. If that's a 13-year-old kid that that's the first turkey they've seen, what are they going to do? Oh, yeah. They pull They're ripping and pull the trigger. That. You're damn right. You know, and is, you know, ask that guy, is it, is it worth it, man? And, and that's it. That's, so that's where, that's where it comes from me. You know, like I said, there's not, uh, there's just theory at this point. There's no hard, fast science. So I think that's where a lot of people say, well, it's still legal. I'm going to do it. And you know, the, 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 the polite conversation, you know, is gone. It's out the window, uh, you know, online it's, you're either like, I'm going to do it cause it's legal and you're not going to tell me any other way. It's my hunt. Uh, or it's well, you're cheating or it's not the right way to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, no, the, there's no good, there's no good conversation. The argument could be made like with the way that they've got the decoys now, like I've seen them where they put them on like RC cars or trucks and yeah. stuff, and they'll go out there and drive them on, <laughs> drive them on trucks. Yeah. 
I mean, that's essentially the same thing, except you're obviously not in shooting distance. I get the safety aspect of it. I do. But but to be honest, you kind of changed my mind because I was like, if I was going to do turkey hunting, that looks like the funnest way to do it. But the safety now and that little bit of knowledge that you did on there, that kind of changes my mind a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the few it's, times it's, I've gotten a turkey to work and actually gobble and like call to it and you know the woodsmanship of it, like that adrenaline rush is, is I mean, I say equivocally uh, legitimate compared to that. But it's just it's hard, and so people don't want to do it. You know, they they want to do the easy way, the quick, the quick reward. Um, you know, the reapings. So I mean, it's 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 funny yeah. if you think about it. Every type of hunting there's there's always infighting inside those those different arenas of hunting like turkey hunting it's the reaping argument coyote hunting it's the thermal versus day hunting argument you know like you've got hardcore thermal hunters you got hardcore day hunters deer hunting it's traditional bows versus crossbows or rifles versus you know bow hunters or whatever there's and i'm sure there's something in duck hunting i just don't know but um yeah so it's it's, on the water Ain't that one? Isn't that called shotgunning? I don't know. I'm not a duck Something guy. Like that. Water, water swatting. Yeah, water boarding? Swa- Did you just say water boarding? <laughs> no, water swatting. Water swatting. Yeah, like yeah. all these different things. But, um, And, you know, with not, not us, us three not being big-time uh, turkey hunters, we've never really been involved in that argument with reaping. It's just we've heard about it. We, we know there's people fight about it, and it's a big thing, but – yeah. Let's pivot into yeah, something and, more fun. But yeah, make, yeah, let's do make it. your comment. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, you know, like you, you, if you have limited time to turkey hunt, you know, you, and, and I've heard Michael Waddell, and I just did an interview with Philip Culpepper, and, and this was, you know, this was his stance. And we had a great conversation. I disagree with him. You know, he disagrees with me, it was, but it was a, a constructive conversation. Uh, you know, if you've got limited time, if you've got like four or five hours to hunt every weekend, and you've only got four weekends, so you've got 16, 20 hours max to turkey hunt. I understand that, that I want to be in the game as much as I can be. And if that's an easy way to do it, like, I understand why people do it. I I, I really do. Um, I think it just takes a little soul searching and, and some research to, you know, to, to figure that out. So, yeah, yeah, we'll put, we'll, we'll bury that topic. All right. We're burying it. Let's talk about the season. Cause it's just around the corner. We're recording this show on March 8th uh, in Missouri. Season starts soon. Um, in some states, has it not started somewhere? Yeah, Southern Florida opened up March fourth. Uh, that zone, the northern half of Florida, opens up March eighteenth. Alabama on private property opens up March twenty fifth. It just spirals out of control from What's there. What's ours? So. April seventeenth. So we still there got about go. a, a so little over Alabama. A month. It's only on private property for that date. Just on the twenty fifth, and then I think April first, it's statewide. Huh. Interesting. Yep. And Alabama's interesting. They, they, some of their zones, you, you, you can't use decoys of any kind um, the first week of, of each season, which is, which is, that's an interesting idea. But in Alabama, you can also kill four turkeys a year. So, I mean, <laughs> what's, right. what's the point? You know, <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of like I, ours. I, like we can, have, we can harvest four no. if you count both seasons. Oh, fall yeah. and spring. And you could harvest another two during archery deer season. Archery deer season. 
I'm assuming I, I and I don't know this for Are a you fact. Sure, those aren't fall tags though. I don't know that. I don't. Yeah, know. I've never had to worry about that. But, but let's yeah. just say four. Why wouldn't you? So two each season. Why and we and we want to complain about the number of turkeys. Why don't we just make it where you get one turkey each season? And yeah. you're cutting it. That's in a half. legitimate. Yeah, that's a legitimate question. And I mean, Alabama just dropped it from five. You could kill five turkeys. And the state of Alabama has had probably the the the, the biggest decline of turkey population. So, you know, it's it's interesting how, you know, when you know the human effort gets into it. But yeah, turkey season is here, man. It is upon us. Yeah. Uh be excited. So yeah. get get ready, man. Buy oh, there's, some turkey calls. There's been all kinds of arguments I know in our state too about getting rid of the fall season or, or this and that, you know, yeah. to help the population. But um, I'm I'm not going to go down that path. Let's talk about some strategy yeah. real quick, okay? Yeah, hell yeah, man. Let's go. Um, I'm sure Paul Campbell, and maybe Andrew now, since he's the one who's making you learn, what, what type of strategy do you, especially like at the beginning of the season, now this year might be different with you hunting so many different places, but we know that you like to run and gun. How do you approach your season, um, you know, weeks coming up before or, you know, that, that morning? How does, it, how does it start for you? So if, if I'm hunting out of state and, uh, you know, it's, I've never been there, like we'll just take Florida, for example. Uh, what I do is I, I look at the, at the previous three, four, five years of harvest data. I want to see the counties that have the highest totals, the counties that have the lowest totals. I'll look at a map uh, and – if it's the highest totals, you know, let's just say the top five counties for any particular state, I'll go to those counties and I'll see what kind of public access they have. I'll look and see like how close they are to major cities. Um, you know, we all know this public land, if it's close to a major city, there's going to be a ton of people there. So those higher numbers that equates to, you know, to more pressure. So when I'm looking, I want to go to kind of that, like that lower, you know, that second tier of, of locations, uh, it's still good, still good turkey kills, good public land access, and 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 I'll go there. So if it's if it's trying to like find turkeys, you know, if I if I can roost turkeys the night before or you know whatever it is, I'll go out and just listen to them gobble at night. I don't necessarily call. I might owl hoot, but I won't turkey call at all. Uh, just listen to see where they're at, and and if you hear them, like you, they're going to be in that area at some point in time. So. Um, for me, like when when the when the hunts start, before I would just like hit the ground running. I'm like, bah, 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 you know, making all these noise, you know, these noises and now hooting and doing all these things. But over the years, I've I've got to the point where I'll, I'll kind of let the woods wake up. Uh, and and you are talking to Dave Owens a couple of times from the Penhody Project. He'll talk about um, you let the woods wake up, let the turkeys tell you where they're at. If you don't hear anything, then be the loudest thing in the woods all of a sudden whether it be an owl hoot or, you know, a cut or whatever it is, just to kind of pull something out. So I've taken, I've definitely started to take a more like methodical approach to it. Just, just relax a little bit. Don't try to run five miles before seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> get, to, get to that. You know, look at the maps. If it's somewhere new, look at the maps, find that highest ridge that I can get to. You know, if it, I, I think the, the Holy grail that Turkey hunters are looking for on ridges is where you can hear, three sides you know like you've got just that perfect ridge that comes out and, and and you can hear off all three sides and and just go from there man and there are days that uh that it doesn't matter what you do you're not going to hear turkeys you're not going to give them to gobble and that's just that's just the frustrating nature of, of turkey hunting so 
You could just yeah, you could just left turkey off of that one. Just hunting in general, right? Oh yeah, you never know yeah, what you're man, gonna like, get. Yeah, you're like, dude, this is a deer killing evening, and then there's nothing, and you're like, this is bull crap. I know that you're here, and they're 15 minutes after daylight, you know, yep. all over the trail camera, but you didn't see a single deer all night. It's just, it's just, it's it, turkey hunting, man. It can be the, the most frustrating thing. You got them gobbling hard on the limb, and you're like, I'm in the best spot possible. And they hit the ground, and they go completely the opposite way. Uh, and out of your life forever. So, you know, one thing I've noticed is uh, as we've coyote hunted more in the mornings, when we start calling for coyotes, it's not uncommon for turkeys to start busting off in the trees um, or once they've come down, which I've always thought was interesting because a coyote is a predator. And you would think a turkey wouldn't want that coyote to know where they're at, yeah. but it's it's almost like they can't help it. I don't, I don't know if that's, no, that's it. Yeah. No, it's that's just, absolutely that's absolutely it. like you. They gobble and they're like, "Oh crap, what have I done?" And they do it again, <laughs> like, "Oh, like, oh, stop it!" And all his friends are like, "Shut up, Daryl!" Like you're <laughs> over here. So, you know, like those guys out. And I've never, I've never hunted out west, but I was talking to a guy, Jay Scott, who who does a lot of, of hunting out in like Arizona and, and, yeah. and Mexico, and he was like, the number one call locator call for turkeys out west is a is a coyote howler. He's like, it's the number one call. He's like, you can out-hoot at him, crow call, doesn't matter. He's like, you rip off a coyote call, they will gobble most of the time. So that might be something that I that I bring here, uh, you know, this this year, just to see. I've wanted Andrew to bring his elk call, his elk bugle tube, there so that go. he can just start ripping off bugles here in Ohio. They're going to be like, holy shit, what was that? Oh, la, la, la. <laughs> there <laughs> it is. Ready to go. <laughs> He's got it ready. Yeah, yep, just, to, just to get him fired up with something new. But We're going to um, try that this year. We're going we to are, try. yeah, just to just to see, just to see what happens. Just a but, sound in the woods. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So I hope I answered your question, but man, I um, I definitely have tried to take a little more methodical approach. I do look at the data that's available from the state agencies. If I'm going out, I'll look at my maps meticulously uh, to find areas. And turkeys are, you know, they do like those transition zones. They don't like that real tall, thick, scrubby brush, though. They can't see anything. So those are that's the stuff that you don't know until you get on the ground and the sun comes up you know and so i'm like oh i'm gonna go here and it looks great and you know at five in the morning i'm like oh my god i can't get through this there's not going to be anything close to this and you know you just you just peel off and go somewhere else so yeah what about calling what's what's your i mean do you have a technique that you like to use there yeah so i andrew's seen me uh i cannot operate a mouth call a diaphragm call can't do it i gag nathan's uh, the same way as soon as soon as it starts coming to my, uh, towards me, I'm just like, well, yeah. well. <laughs> so I, I've gotten uh, proficient yeah, at much. using uh, sleigh calls, uh, box calls, tube calls uh, are, are my absolute favorite uh, tube turkey calls? call to use. Yeah, tube calls. So this is it, it's kind of an old school, an old school uh, call. They used to, they used to make guys used to make them out of snuff cans. So they they'd cut a little hole the top of a snuff can okay. and then they throw like a like a like a piece of latex over it oh yeah yeah, yeah. and so it's it's just it's an air call and and this is this is this is silicone for people listening this is a primo's foggy bottom tube call you can get them they're like 30 bucks it's pretty cool one like of a diaphragm over top of the end of that yeah, tube, yeah yeah and you just you just blow air through it and let's it's, hear it. they they do it real quick let it rip oh man my kids are asleep right oh. in front for you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna I'll do a, a real a real quiet one. Um, so don't don't wake, don't wake up, the but. kids up. 
He's trying to be quiet. So that's, that's, yeah, quiet. yeah, man. And and so the so the tube calls I've gotten pretty proficient at. Uh, it's 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 taken a lot of practice, years of practice, but you know I, I can make a variety of calls uh, with this thing. Get loud, it get soft. I can, you know. So so being a proficient caller, I I you know it's funny. That's another conversation that that you know turkey hunters have is is um, woodsmanship is more important than than calling, and that may be true. I can tell you, you're going to have more fun in the woods if you if you can call, and you don't have to be like an expert, but if you can just operate a box call, man, it 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 can be a lot of fun when they start talking mm-hmm. to you. So, it's it sucks though, but because with us starting this show, the only people we talk to about turkey hunting are badass callers, like Scott Wilbur, yeah. for instance. Mm-hmm. He's you know, he's been on our show multiple times. It's really no fun to listen to him pop on a box call or do anything because then you just feel like shit. You're just like, yeah. I'm never going to call a turkey in. You know, he's cutting and doing all these things, purring with a box call, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> that's all I can accomplish, you know. And uh, I'm totally inexperienced in all of this, but last year I had a Jake that was probably like 40 yards away up in a tree, and I'll tell you what, man. I first heard him, I was like, "Is something wrong with that bird?" Because <laughs> somebody killed like, that oh, chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a rooster's just learned how to crow. It's exactly what it is, I guess. Yeah. But uh, so he wasn't very good at calling either. Uh, so you know, yeah. I don't think you have to be the best caller in the world. You really, you really don't. We did an interview on the O2 podcast a couple of what two years ago, I guess, or last year at this point, Andrew. Uh, with Scott Ellis, uh, you know, a, a world champion caller several times over, just one of the most proficient turkey callers in the country. And his statement was, a wild turkey hen would not win a calling competition. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear him, you're just like, God, you're awful. They sound like a record or something. You yeah, know, like yeah. going through like this old timey, like megaphone or some crap like that. And then you hear guys like Dave Owens and Scott Ellis, and you're like, damn, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And like, so yeah, yeah you don't. Yeah, you know, that's the that's the one thing I want people to to, to understand. You don't need to be a, a champion caller. Um, I mean, dude, this is this is this is a box call. You can get a box call for literally like ten bucks, like a Quaker boy. If you can do this, like that's literally like that's the plain yelp of a hen. You you can call a turkey into range. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're looking for, and Andrew's heard me say this. You're looking for the turkey that's ready to die. Yeah. And when you find that turkey that's that's willing to die, uh man, if you're if you if you can make a call, you're going to get them, you know. So, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what Scott had said to us discouraged. before. They they don't sound that good, man. Just all you got to do is sound kind of like one. Well, yeah. if you they haven't sound, heard them, they sound really weird. They really do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't heard them, like you've been out in the woods and all of a sudden you hear something that's just like what the hell is that? Yeah. And before long, here comes this hen just making this god awful noise you're like what the is she doing and yeah 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 they're 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 funny little critters man and 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 if you get the chance to get really close to a tom that uh is drumming that's Mm -hmm. a really neat a really neat sound that 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 they make uh spitting that you know they'll they'll do where it's just and they, they make this like Dan Matthews and I were talking about this and it's like, uh, and I don't know what it is, but it's like, you can almost like feel it when they're, when they're super close, like that drumming and they move their feathers in a way that you hear like, oh, 
it's it's the it's the craziest sound and the first time that you hear it you're like the hell is that man and you're like oh my god there's a turkey three feet from me mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're that close you know before you can you can hear it so it's pretty neat man i hope you guys get to hear that but they make they make just i've got to hear it and they're one constant time. they're yeah it's the coolest thing mm-hmm. and they're and, and here's the thing with turkeys they're constantly making noise constantly you may not be able to hear them because they're far away but i've been around like flocks of hens before hunting they're constantly making noise and the toms too they're just making little click 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 clucks and and purrs and i mean it's just they're talking nonstop. so and that's one of the things that like is you get more advanced in turkey hunting and you get into different situations where you've got a turkey that's not like necessarily willing to die like you might be able to talk them into it that's where those the the calling skill set of you know the soft calls the subtle calls you don't need to be out there hammering on stuff um that's where it really comes to play because they can they can hear you i mean they can hear soft calling from i don't know 200 yards away if it's if it's a calm day and and the terrain's right so yeah that woods that woodsmanship and calling that that that's a deadly combination so do you think that's where a lot of people uh miss the boat i guess and what i'm trying to say is i get so scott wilper one time on our show had mentioned if you dug a hole and stuck the call down in the hole let's say the hole was the size of a coke can and you had a a turkey 300 yards away and you just lightly called with that call that turkey could come to that hole and look down it that's how that's how good they can hear you do you think people get just too overzealous in in their calling strategies even if they're not gobbling even if they're just using hen calls um where do you think people, I guess, fail getting that Biggest bird mistakes. to make that break from 100 yards to 30? Because, you know, that's that's the biggest, I think, issue people have is making them to make that final move into where you can kill them. Yeah. And so so the, the, the way that, that it works in Turkey Woods, the Tom gobbles, the hen comes to him. The Tom's gobbling, and he's like, come over here, girl. Uh and and she moves to him that's how it works uh in nature so with with us obviously we're not going to walk up unless you're you're reaping um but so so we're trying to micah made a joke just now sorry keep (laughs) proceed no you're good so we um you know as, as turkey hunters we need to manipulate the tom into the point that like he's so frustrated that he's gonna come find you and so that that can be a process. And I've had turkeys, man, they hit their ground, they gobble once, and they're just like, let's go. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, with with the call, I think the biggest mistake, and I, you know, we're all victim of it, um, is when you got a turkey that you just you just hit the box call an accident and it chirps and the turkey gobbles. And that shit's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean that's that's fun calling at him and getting that response. So I think, you know, when when you've got a turkey, um, that they're hung up at 60 yards, 70 yards, whatever it is. And you, you can see them or you can't, you just shut up because they're there. And so a lot of times what they'll do is they'll, they'll move to a point where they can see down where that sound is coming from or see clearly. And you may not even know they're there uh, in the woods. If they're moving, I mean, they're, they can be hard to see, uh, but if they don't see a hen, they're not going to, they're not going to come in that they they know that well there's nothing there you know they know that something's wrong they may not know that it's you but they know that they don't see a hen she's gone and so i think that i think the problem 
when 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 those turkeys are hung up and you need them to close that gap, it's just being quiet. Yeah. And 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 not and not calling because you're giving them more opportunity to look down that hole, basically. You know, say I'm to figure right you out. Yeah. Yeah. And so and that's that's a hard lesson that I that I've that I've learned. Um and then you get into the the you know where if they're calling, they're cobbling and they're and they're not there. I can't tell you how many times I've had turkeys that I've worked for hours, literally hours. I've not moved because they're there and I'm not I'm I'm not calling. I might call every 15 minutes just to see if they're still there and they're gobbling and then eventually they stop and I stand up and they're 20 yards behind me. Because they've yep. come in, they've circled all the way around me and I didn't see them because they were they were checking, they were looking to see where this hen is and they they were coming back to that spot and I stand up to move. Because I might call and they don't gobble. I might mm-hmm. use a turkey call. I might use, and they don't gobble. Why are they gobbling? I don't know. I mean, that's the answer. I don't know why they're not gobbling. They're moving. But towards you stand you. up. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. They they you 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 stand up and they're they're directly behind you and you're like what what, uh, what amazing turkey hunter old timer said that uh, he was either on a show or someone said that to him on our show said that to us that he said on our show it's when it's when they shut up. That's when they're moving. That's a good thing. I think that was Big Al. Maybe it was. He. It was. Oh, it was the guy that took him hunting. Silence yeah. is a killer. Uh, yeah, silence is golden. Yeah. It's like if they keep talking to you, that's great, but they're not coming. It's when yeah. they shut up is when you need to get ready because that's when yeah. either one or two things have happened. They could give a shit anymore and have moved on with their day, or they're yeah. closing that distance and they're on their way. Yeah. Um, it was the dude that show- took Al hunting. One of the best to ever do it. What was his name? Good tell you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there that was go. good. But. Good turkey killer. And you know <laughs> that one if, guy. If you've ever, if you've ever watched turkeys just be turkeys, not in a hunting scenario, dude, they move so freaking slow, man. They're like, oh, there's a bug. Oh, there's a bug, and they're just looking around and they're just pecking and they're, you know, toms are puffing up and they're, you know, it's just they they could cover you know two hundred yards in four hours. You know, if they if they really want to, and you're just like, oh my god, and unless you're reaping, you know, one... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 so I think I think one thing that that you add into it, and it happens a lot, is you'll have a tom, and and you know that he's working in. He's either silent every time he gobbles, he's twenty yards closer. That's a dead turkey, and you hear. Burp. And a hen just walks right in between you and him, and he and he because he's been gobbling. Mm-hmm. She did what she did what she's supposed to. She came to him, and she'll just pick him up. And at that point, I mean, that's that's a heartbreaking scenario, uh, and you just watch it unfold more times than not. So, yeah, the one thing that's interesting too, Michael Chamberlain, who's the wild turkey doc, uh, he's kind of like the preeminent wildlife biologist uh, for wild turkeys research. Is he he did a study where he had uh, GPS collared turkeys, toms, and then he would give hunters GPS collars, trackers, right? And the hunter would put them in their bag, and they would go out, and he wouldn't tell them. He would just be like, okay, there was a wild turkey this way, and that was it. And so the hunter would go out, and and, and, and Dr. Chamberlain was able to see the interactions that hunters – and no one killed this turkey. But he did this for, I think, like three seasons, and no one killed this bird with this GPS tracker Jeez. and it like the closest that, that someone got to this Turkey, it was 30 yards and they had no idea that, that they had been, you know, they reported not seeing anything. And, and Chamberlain's like, do you 32 yards, whatever it was from this Turkey. And you didn't mm. see him is that they'll gobble and they'll leave. 
and they will come back. Yeah. And that was the that was the data. They would come back almost within yards of the last GPS location that the hunter would send out because you know in their mind like they're okay there was a hen here she might still be in this area I got to go back and find her and so they would circle back and that's man that's what's so freaking hard for me is you know everyone says patience kills turkeys right I think discipline is another virtue that the people just pass but you you have the discipline to keep your ass in that same spot you know for for hours and and that's the one unique thing about turkey hunting is like i said earlier there's no absolutes man there's no scenario that's the same it's you know knowing you know when to hold them when to fold them when to get up and move when to call when not it's just man it's just experience and the best way to learn uh is is failure so mm-hmm. it's a unique thing man just get out there and do it i guess would be the the best advice it's hard not to 100%. second guess yourself i do it every time when you can't see every- what's going on you're you know yep yeah, when when two minutes go by after you've made a decision, and you don't have that instant gratification, it's natural to go, was that the right decision, or was yeah. it wrong? You know. Yeah, you know, well, like last year. A good, oh, go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say, Nate, and when you can't see what's going on, you and I can understand that vertically challenged folks. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that's why I prefer being in a tree where I'm up higher. I can actually like see above things. So sitting on yeah. the ground and it doesn't do anything for me. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. you know, was, I, I had, I had a, a really just one of the most intense hunts that I've had uh, in Alabama last year. And I went back and forth for this Turkey with this Turkey for, for over four hours. And um, I would see him and he would move. And, but it, there was, just kind of the area that I was hunting that it just, it just so happened that I struck him up. There was nowhere for me to hide. It was still early spring. There wasn't a lot of cover. So it was just kind of like wide open and he would come up to the top of the ridge and would see nothing. And so he would move down. So I would go, you know, 200 yards out, circle back in, get in front of him, boom, strike him up again. And, and it was just like, we went back and forth until we finally got to an area where I could like hide. And it was just, and it just happened to be like, real marshy you know and and but the you know the point is like you can get up and move if the if the situation deems it like i i could literally see this turkey come up to the top i saw him probably 15 times throughout the day and he would look down wouldn't see anything he knew what he was doing he was smart and he would and he would and he would take off like nothing here i'm not going down there you're not getting me you know a two and a half year old turkey's gonna be like hell yeah let's go and he's gonna come ripping down that ridge but you know this, and and it so, didn't it didn't work. I didn't connect. But I mean, you know, you, you just have to know when when you can move and how to do it. And I would I would move, like I said, I would go two hundred yards out and then come back in. I mean, it would take me forty five minutes to do that. You know, just move silently as I could. At one point, I took my boots off and carried them with me. You know, so. So do you not use a decoy, at all? Um, you know, sometimes I do, I, I don't use them just be, I'm not because I'm some like righteous, you know, like, like you know, don't use decoys. It's not the right way to do it. I don't, I just don't like carrying them in the woods, man. It's a, they're, they're a pain in the ass. You know, they're, they're heavy sometimes. Um, it's another thing to I'm deal hunting, with. Yeah. It's another, it's another thing to deal with. Um, if I am hunting like fields, you know, if I'm hunting like pasture or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely use it. Um, but yeah, for, for the wood you know, the woodlands that I hunt, I just don't like carrying them. That's the only reason that I don't do it. So honestly, I'd probably have way more turkeys that I interact with every year. If I had decoys, uh, that's part of the fun, you know? Right. So. Right. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. It, this, like I said, we were looking forward to to talking with you 
just because. Well, thank you. We know you like it because you won't shut up about it, and that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah. passion. And uh, Andrew, we appreciate uh, you having just being very uh, well, just being here, man. Because we knew you weren't going to get to do much in this show. So supportive. And you just been been here, just chilling the whole time. And it's all good. It makes I'm, it boring as hell, but hey. No, you chimed in with the with the with the at the appropriate times. So. And and He's you guys were both sick as hell the last couple days, and you, and you still showed up. So oh, that's what I God. hear at least. Oh, we were rough. We were roughing it, dude. <laughs> roughing we went to daddy daughter dance on Saturday. The both of us with our daughters, and I, I don't know oh, if you came back with us from there or what, but man, that was oh, I was oh. I was I was wrecked, man. So yeah, good, good little good way to lose weight. It's the only the only nice thing about it, right? Yep, that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> well, Paul and uh, Andrew, before before we end this show, why don't you guys talk to folks? I know you guys have been on our show before, but if they haven't heard you before, tell them how they can listen to the O2 podcast and the How to Hunt Turkey podcast. And why don't you plug the new deer or turkeyseason.com website that you just launched? Yeah, so so the O2 podcast, the Ohio Outdoors podcast, you can find that. We're on the same network, Sportsman's Empire. Uh, that's on every podcast listening platform. Uh, Andrew came up with a catchy tagline, uh, Ohio focused, but nationally relevant. We get some really good guests. We have some really good conversations about deer hunting, turkey hunting, duck hunting, whatever it may be. A lot about conservation. Uh, pretty neat. Our, our newest episode this week, I talk about the research project that I went on uh, last week here in Ohio. I got to hold a Jake, banded a Jake, banded a bunch of hens. It was freaking awesome. Pretty cool. Um, Oh man, it pushed me into freaking hyperdrive. I will say that, but yeah. So the O2 podcast, you can find us on Instagram, the the podcast. Find us on Go Wild O2 podcast. Um, How to hunt turkey, same network, Sportsman's Empire. It's been a lot of fun. It's it's it, you know, the show How to Hunt Turkeys is obviously it's geared towards. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Turkeys. Yes, and okay. people that are just trying to learn how to hunt them. But I'll tell you, it's it's. It is an interesting show. It's an entertaining show. I think even seasoned turkey hunters will enjoy it. Uh, you know, I think the best way to learn to do turkey hunting, you know, to, to, to hunt turkeys is for storytelling. So I get, I get people really interesting folks, really good turkey hunters on. We just talk about it. You know, listen to, you know, so every episode I go into, I don't really know what, what the hell I want to talk about. And it always kind of evolves into something different with, with each guest, just because it's, uh, you know, everyone's so vastly different. So it's, it's, it's really neat. You get a different perspective every week about, um, about Turkey hunting. So yeah, that's really cool. You can find on, on Instagram, H2HT podcast, uh, is the tag there and Turkey season.com is a, is a little side project that I've started really excited about this website. It's, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it highlights, content from a lot of different creators uh with videos different podcasts um obviously all turkey focused there's a really neat article section a lot of blogs i got some great writers that are that are sending content i've got some stuff on there and then on the back side of it is uh is is a store so there's there's a good selection of calls there's some some neat turkey hunting accessories uh and stuff like that so the site is it's just it's evolving it's growing it has been uh, a lot of work to get it up and running but i think so far it's uh it's been pretty cool the response has been been neat just getting in you know seeing the different content uh you know creators that are, that are there so i think people really really enjoy it uh turkeyseason.com man if you can't find turkey hunting content at turkeyseason.com i don't i don't i don't know what to tell you so <laughs> that's awesome speaking of calls you got to get one of those wilper calls man i'm telling you i do man i gotta get i gotta get i gotta get a hold of him i gotta, you do. I gotta make that happen i'll give you that number again if you lost it yeah oh i'm sure i did i suck at that so paul yeah, campbell 
with O2 Podcast, Andrew Muntz, supportive as hell tonight. Thanks for coming on tonight, boys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you. See you.